Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. CNN carried a dramatic story about a pastor in South Korea who used to be a trained killer. His name, Kim Shin-jo. We've heard a lot about North Korea in the last little while. This is a state that has caused many headaches over the years. Kim Shin-jo was originally a North Korean assassin. In January of 1968, Jo and a team of other assassins slipped into South Korea from the north in a daring attempt to kill the president of South Korea. The team of 31 commandos made it to within a few hundred yards of the president's residence before they were intercepted. A fierce battle followed, killing 30 South Koreans. All of the North Korean soldiers were killed except one who escaped and Kim Shin-jo who was captured. Well, after months of interrogation and through a surprising friendship with the South Korean army general, Kim Shin-jo turned over a new leaf. Later he would confess, I tried to kill the president, I was the enemy. But the South Korean people showed me sympathy and forgiveness. I was touched and moved. And so he was able to start a new life. The South Korean government eventually released him. And over the next three decades, he worked for the military. After a while, he became a citizen and then married, raised a family. And finally, he became the pastor of a church. Reflecting on the day of his arrest, Kim Shin-jo commented, On that day, Kim Shin-jo died. I was reborn. I got my second chance. And I'm very thankful for that. Now, sometimes we forget that by the wondrous grace of God, people, they can be changed in a miraculous way. On today's program, I want to tell you about three men who experienced grace in extraordinary ways. It's interesting to me how similar their stories are, despite their different stations in life. Let's begin with the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a high and exalted throne, the edges of his robe filling the temple. Winged creatures were stationed around him. Each had six wings. With two they veiled their faces, with two their feet, and with two they flew away. They shouted to each other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heavenly forces, and the earth is filled with God's glory. The doorframe shook at the sound of their shouting, and the house was filled with smoke. I said, mourn for me, I am ruined, I am a man with unclean lips, and I live among a people with unclean lips. Yet I've seen the King, the Lord of heavenly forces. Then one of the winged creatures flew to me, holding a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has departed and your sin is removed. 
Then I heard the Lord's voice saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? I said, I'm here. Send me. What a marvelous piece of scripture. Keep that in mind, especially the words, mourn for me, I'm ruined, I'm a man with unclean lips. As we turn to the New Testament, uh, to a similar episode, this time in the life of Simon Peter. Early on in his ministry, Jesus was preaching on the shores of Lake Gennesaret. The crowd was pressing in on him he notices two empty boats that were standing at the water's edge while the fishermen cleaned their nets. Stepping into the one boat, Jesus asks Simon, its owner, if he would just push out into the water so that he could sit in the boat and speak to the crowds. It's recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. One day Jesus was standing beside Lake Gennesaret, when the crowd pressed in around him to hear God's word. Jesus saw two boats sitting by the lake. The fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets. Jesus boarded one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, then asked him to row out a little distance from the shore. Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, row out farther into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I'll drop the nets. So they dropped the nets and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They filled both boats so full that they were about to sink. When Simon Peter saw the catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Again, what a beautiful, memorable story. Now, you have two verses I want you to remember. Mourn for me. I am ruined, I am a man with unclean lips. And Simon Peter's words, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinner. But I have one more. Paul relates it to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's the story of how the resurrected Christ appeared to the disciples, first to Peter, and later to the rest of the twelve, then to 500 more followers most of whom were still alive when Paul wrote. And finally, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 8. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me, as if I were born at the wrong time. I'm the least important of the apostles. I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I have harassed God's church. <clears throat> so have you seen the similarities in these three stories? The progression of the faith experience of these three important biblical figures is almost identical. 
First, they're made aware of their sinfulness and their inadequacy. Secondly, they experience God's grace. And finally, they're called to a great ministry. So let's consider for just a moment how these three stages of development came about that we too, well, that we too might become great men and women through our own faith development. Note, first of all, how they were made aware of their sinfulness and their dependence on God. Consider Isaiah's experience. He writes, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a high and exalted throne, the edges of his robe filling the temple. So what a majestic vision of God that Isaiah was privileged to behold. But notice also Isaiah's response to beholding God's majesty. He says, mourn for me, I am ruined, cried Isaiah. I'm a man with unclean lips. Now, Isaiah had fancied himself to be a good man, a righteous man. But suddenly, in the presence of God, he saw himself as he really was. He saw that much of his righteousness was merely a sham, a show, something to parade before the world, but too superficial to build a satisfying life on. Simon Peter, well, he probably thought he had it made too. After all, he owned his own fishing boat. <clears throat> he was a successful small businessman. Had his work, his family, his health. What more could anyone ask for? Well, Peter didn't know the answer to that until that fateful day when he crossed paths with Jesus of Nazareth. He allowed Jesus, whom he was just getting to know, to use his boat as a floating platform from which to teach. When he had finished his teaching, Jesus turns to Simon Peter and told him to turn his boat, go out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, as we noted, you know, Simon was weary and he answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. This time, the nets were so full of fish, began to tear. In fact, it was not long until both boats were so full that they were about to sink. Simon was astounded, as were the fishermen who were with him. Suddenly, they realized that Jesus, this is someone special. And what was Peter's response? Well, it was exactly as, the same as Isaiah's. He cries out, leave me, Lord, I'm a sinner. Suddenly, Peter realized just how empty and meaningless his life had really been. He was made aware of his sinfulness and his dependence upon God. Now, let's consider St. Paul. St. Paul, like Simon, was called by a different name before he met the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. He was Saul, the dreaded persecutor of the early Christian community. But he had a binding experience of, with Christ on that Damascus road. A radical change takes place in his life. Suddenly, 
He was aware of just how misguided, how cruel, how vindictive his previous life had been. It's hard to believe that Saul, the persecutor, could become Paul, the author of 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest living document on the subject of love ever penned. Only Jesus Christ could make that change in a person. So how did Paul describe his experience? I'm the least important of the apostles, he later wrote. For I persecuted the church of God. Friends, this is stage one of the development of a faith that will change the world. It is to behold the awesomeness of God as revealed in Jesus Christ and to be made aware of our own need of God. If we're going to become what God means for us to become, we are going to have to see ourselves as God sees us. That's the first step for growth. The first reason many people do not give their lives unconditionally to God is that they never really come to a realization of their need for God. And so they go on, they live bland, mediocre lives because they never feel a need for God's amazing grace. They never experience it. But that is step one in developing a vital faith. It is a realization of our need for God. Step two is the blessed experience of divine grace. When, when Isaiah cried out, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. The seraphim touched Isaiah's lips with a coal and said, Lo, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is taken away. When Peter acknowledges his guilt and falls on his knees before Jesus, immediately Christ tells him, don't be afraid. And Paul writes, for I am the least of the apostles and don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Then Paul adds, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Each of these three men was made painfully aware of their sinfulness in the face of the holiness of God. But they were also made aware wonderfully, wonderfully aware of God's grace. They knew their sins were forgiven and that they were restored as children of God. If we're to have a faith that transcends the ordinary, sometime in our life, we must also come to realize our absolute dependence upon God. And we must experience His power to make us into a new creation. It's that kind of realization will deliver us from living lukewarm lives, half committed and only partially satisfying. Seeing ourselves as we really are, Experiencing God's grace to make a new start in life, those are the first two steps. But there's a third. That is the call to a purposeful life. The Lord asks, whom shall I send and, and, and who will go for us? And Isaiah cries out, 
Here I am, send me. Jesus says to the frightened Simon Peter, I will make you a fisher of men. And immediately it says he follows after the master. And Paul, well, Paul acknowledges because he persecuted the Christians, he was the least of the apostles. But then he adds in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning there at verse 10, I am what I am by God's grace, and God's grace hasn't been for nothing. In fact, I have worked harder than all the others, that is. It wasn't me, but the grace of God that is with me. So then, whether you heard the message from me or them, this is what we preach, and this is what you have believed. You see, that's what happens when we have an encounter with the living God. And it is the most important counter we will ever have, giving our lives completely to Jesus Christ. You know, it's said that the hymn writer, Charles Wesley, wrote his first hymn just three days after his conversion to Jesus. That hymn, it was, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. That was how exuberant you know, he felt about his encounter with God. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. As the years passed, Charles Wesley is said to have written some 6,500 hymns and gospel songs. It's ironic. Wesley asked for a thousand tongues to sing. Through the singing of his hymns, Throughout the entire Christian world, God gave him millions of tongues to sing God's praise. And we've been singing them for more than 200 years. Christian author E.G. White, in her book on the life of Jesus called The Desire of Ages, writes, There are many who need the ministration of loving Christian hearts. Many have gone down to ruin who might have been saved if their neighbors common men and women, had put forth personal effort for them. Many are waiting to be personally addressed in the very family, the neighborhood, the town where we live. There is work for us to do as missionaries for Christ. If we are Christians, this work is our delight. No sooner is one converted than there is born within him a desire to make known to others what a precious friend he has found in Jesus. The saving and sanctifying truth cannot be shut up in his heart. Now, not everyone is going to have the kind of experience that Charles Wesley had or Isaiah had or Simon Peter or Paul. But each of us, in our own way, can have an experience of God that transforms our life into something more beautiful. But first of all, we need to see ourselves as we really are, totally dependent on God. Secondly, we need to pray that God will help us in our daily lives to experience His amazing grace and power. And finally, we need a sense of direction lives patterned after the life of Jesus. Then and only then 
Will we become the kind of people God has created us, in fact, to become? Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly, acknowledging our sinfulness and just how great you are. Heavenly Father, I pray that you transform us through the power of your Holy Spirit like you transformed Isaiah and Simon Peter and Paul. Make us into the men and women you want us to be by your power and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. Every week, we like to put a resource available out to you that uh, you can request, and that will help you in this spiritual journey we are all on, trying to better understand God's will for our lives. And so just before I share with you what today's um, offer is, I just want to let you know that if for any reason you have requested an offer in the past and it hasn't arrived, um, then reach out to us. You can reach me directly at bill at l4ltv.com. My email should be appearing somewhere along here right now. Bill at l4ltv.com. Write to me and just let me know what the offer was that you request and the fact that you didn't get it. And we're going to make every effort possible to get that out to you, Okay. We sometimes get overwhelmed with requests. We run out of them. They're gone back order. And uh, if I can't get you the exact offer, then we'll get you some, something else. And so don't hesitate to reach out if it, if it hasn't come. Um, the offers are all free of charge. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. I had someone call me the other day and they were reluctant to request it because they said this sounds too good to be true. Well, it's exactly that. And those of you that have already requested the offers, you know that it arrives in your home, postage paid. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. We're not hounding you for donations or anything after that. It's a gift. We want you to accept it. So today we have this little booklet. I made reference to E.G. White. Well, this little booklet was written by her. It's called God is Listening, Help in Daily Living. We'd love to send you this little booklet. You can sit down, you can, in, in one sitting, you can read the entire thing. Very well written, very helpful as we journey together to the promised land. If you'd like to request this little booklet, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 
1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. And if I could be so bold as to ask for a favor, can you help us get the word out? Let your friends and family know the program so that they can tune in also next time and become faithful viewers of our telecast. In order to help you with that, we have our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are available on the website. You're going to go on the website. You're going to, there's some interesting things there. If you want to join a study group, a Bible study group, if you'd like to study the Bible on your own, reach out to us through that study group tab and we'll work with you either individually to study with you or to hook you up with a Bible study group in your community that uh, can help you better understand God's Word. There's a tab called Archived Sermons. Or you can go on that tab and there um, you're going to find different presentations I've done around the country where we try to address from a biblical perspective some of these perplexing questions like what happens to us when we die? Who or what is 666? And when will the world end? And there's a handout you can download to help you in your study. And so check that out. And then there's a Donate Today tab where you can make a donation if you feel so impressed to do so. Knowing that we are a charitable organization, every donation is eligible for a tax-deductible receipt, and all of the money gets reinvested back into the ministry, paying for airtime, you know, the books we offer, the postage. None of that money comes to me or my family. Uh, I pastor a church in Toronto. I draw a salary from that. Every dollar that comes into the ministry gets reinvested right back into the ministry. To keep the ministry on the air, it's not easy to keep this ministry on the air, but by God's grace, we've been here and we continue to plug away. So if you feel so impressed to help us, you can do that online at our website on the Donate Today tab. As far as our social media presence, you can follow me on Instagram at Santos underscore Bill. Uh, every morning we put out a devotional video, one minute video to help you get your day kick-started on the things of heaven. And so you can do that. You can follow me on Twitter. You can like our Facebook page. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. This way you'll be notified every time a new program is added. You can, within a few minutes from now, go to our SoundCloud page and download an audio of the program and you can have to carry that on your phone and listen to it at your convenience. Share it with your friends and your family. So check out those different components of our social media. Now, before we go, just want to draw your attention to another part of our ministry that we're always really excited about. That is the overseas uh, humanitarian work that we do. We're doing some incredible work in Paraguay, in the Philippines, in Nicaragua. We have a website called missionnowcanada.com. On the website, you can see samples of some of the work that we've been doing. You can donate to those projects if you so wish. Or you can get information and then why not think about joining us on an upcoming overseas mission trip that's all available through the website. Well, 
We are running out of time. We want to thank you so much for being here. We hope to be back again next week, be the good Lord willing. We'd love to have you join us also. Until then, God bless you. We'll see you back here again next time.